Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We have to develop a budget, a plan. You see, some Christians even believe this. If I work hard and give generously to God, everything will work out right with my finances. That is wrong. You can tithe 50%. But if you spend more than you make, you'll be in debt. So, yes, you want to give to God. Yes, you want to work hard. But you have to have some kind of a concept of a budget. Today, Pastor Mark helps us understand that an effective budget simply means getting a handle on how much goes out by knowing how much comes in. You'd be shocked at how many people don't understand this concept. We learn that getting into debt comes from one thing, spending more than you make. We need to develop some self-control. Otherwise, our yearning capacity will always exceed our earning capacity. Scripture says godliness with contentment is great gain. Listen in and learn how to be content, live in moderation, and enjoy life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verse 10, with our continuing study entitled, Money Matters. And whoever is dishonest with very little, in other words, can't handle it, irresponsible debt, will also be dishonest with much. You see, that's that if I'm in debt and God shares with me, I want you to do this or I want you to give here. Do you know how many people, and you'll understand this, say, Pastor Mark, I'd love to do what you did, what you said, tithe and offer. I just can't do it because I'm in debt. That's exactly right. So you have to find a place, as we talked about last week, to start. Start with a couple percent. Start doing it. Find a way to get out of it. Because what has happened is the world system, through irresponsible debt, has come in and it's affected your spiritual life. This is not fluffy stuff. This is not economics 101. This is about our walk with God. Now, look at verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Can you imagine if this church couldn't handle the finances? Can you imagine that verse says, if the financial people that handle this church, including myself, my own personal life, and the way the elders and the pastors handle it, if we can't handle them, he's not going to give us spiritual things to handle. I mean, the worst oxymoron in the world is a pastor who can't pay his bills and then gets up and claims he's in a great spiritual walk with God. That's impossible. So I have to watch my own life. I have to operate the same way. And I'll share with you later how the the more monster can get in even 
in my life. So how we handle money has a great deal to do with our spiritual maturity. Now turn to Proverbs, back to Proverbs chapter 22. Just keep a little marker in Proverbs because we'll be back and forth there all service. Here's five ways to get out of debt. Proverbs 22.3. The first way to get out of debt, write these down and pick up a tape afterward is this. Face the problem, a lack of discipline. Proverbs 22.3 says this. A prudent man sees danger and he takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. I want you to watch this scenario. See, see how real you think this is. Here, here's the two credit cards I have. I have an American Express, which I get airline miles on. And I have this Morgan Stanley Dean Winter, which is a freebie that I also get airline miles on. You know me. Now, can you imagine? I go to sleep at night, and the two credit cards come out of my wall and say, He's asleep. Let's go into town. We can spend like crazy. Here we go. How many know that your credit cards don't come out of your wallet or your purse and go to town and shop by themselves? Let me see your hand. Who takes them? Let me see your hand. We take them, we sign. So if I'm having trouble with irresponsible debt, whose problem is it? Not the credit cards. They don't go alone. You go with them. I have to face the problem. I have to be real. I have to understand. Now, from this same Newsweek article, very interesting, a lady in there was named Beth Tall. They just interviewed some people, and they said this. Beth has a $19,000 a year job. She has seven credit cards with a combined balance of $12,000. So you make 19, you owe 12 not on a house, but on credit cards. Now listen to her statement. She says, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I won't comment, just, I'm just reading. I'm not stupid, but credit can get away from you. Yes. Well, let's go back to her first statement. <laughs> what, what, what is the problem seriously in Beth's life? She hasn't done what? She hasn't faced what? She hasn't faced the problem. She's just trying to say, ha, 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 I have $12,000 debt, I make $19,000. This is easy to pay back. Those of you who are good with figures, start thinking about it. You think she's in trouble? Every night, is she in trouble? Yes. So, when you have that credit card debt, when, when we're guilty of what we're doing, and it's not just the credit card debt this morning, it's those of us that are Christians here, that the more monster grabs us. If you're going to solve that problem, we have to admit it. She has irresponsible debt, and it's going to continue to affect her her whole life, unless she does, number one, admit it. And say, and the same for you this morning. You can walk out here and say, well, I don't have that. I make $25,000 a year, and I only have $7,000 debt. Wise up. Get straight. Because, see, the road you're walking down, remember, steals your joy, can't serve God right, no hope. You're in the cycle that is a downward cycle. Number two, turn to Proverbs 13, 11. Number two, we have to develop a budget, a plan. You see, some Christians even believe this. If I work hard 
and give generously to God, everything will work out right with my finances. That is wrong. You can tithe 50%, but if you spend more than you make, you'll be in debt. So, yes, you want to give to God. Yes, you want to work hard. But you have to have some kind of a concept of a budget. Look at Proverbs 13, 11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. If we're going to handle our money, which is God's money and his resources wisely, there's a need of some kind of a plan and a budget. That means getting a handle on how much goes out and how much comes in. You would be shocked at how many people don't understand that. You see, getting in debt comes from one thing, spending more than we make. It is not complicated. That is it. It's over. It's done. That's the equation. And the problem is many people don't understand how much they're spending. That's why you have to get a handle on it. You have to do two things if you're going to in this budget. You have to know basically three things. You have to know how much you're making. Number two, you have to spend less. And number three, you have to stop borrowing now. You can't do your nice plan, figure it out, and just continue to do what you used to do. It won't work. You can't earn 2% in your money market and pay out 17% and expect to come out on top. The only one that comes out on top is the owner of your credit cards. And that's why you find them in your mailbox every single day. They are not promoting responsible debt. They're promoting irresponsible debt. They're ungodly. That's the way they make money in this society. Number three, you have to get financial counseling. Now, not all of you need to do that, but some of you do. And uh, all of some of you need is maybe the financial counseling that you're getting here. Let me give you some more tapes you can get. I've got some other series on finances. If this is new to you, get these. Uh, Mark chapter 12, I have a tape. Jesus teaches about dollars and cents. Romans 13 is the world of debt. Gives you more detail how to get out of that. 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9. There's more tapes that you can get on this. So you have to get financial counseling to learn how to do your budget and go through it. Number four, you have to ask God for help. Do you believe this morning that God wants you out of irresponsible debt? Absolutely. I was watching that television program again while I was exercising yesterday. I don't know why I watch a crazy channel, but sometimes I do it just to get my heart beat up. And I was watching it. And this gal, I couldn't believe it. This is a different gal. They're still going. They're still hyping the building thing or whatever. And she's giving words of, quote, knowledge, which, whatever. I won't even go there. But here's what she says. If you fast, if you pray, if you give money into this ministry, God is going to take some of you that are in huge debt. And supernaturally, he's going to whip you right out of that debt overnight. God, people are just going to bring money into your hands. Now, I believe that about like I believe... This is a million-dollar bill. Do you believe God could do what I just said? Yes. But I believe 99.9% .9 of the time, he says this, because his word tells me, whatever you sow, you're going to... So, it'd be nice to go to God and say, God, wouldn't Beth like this? Well, God, 
I'm $12,000 in debt. I'm going to give 50 bucks to this radio television station, and supernaturally tomorrow, all my 12,000 is free. Now, if that worked for everybody, our churches would be filled with people. God doesn't work that way. God says, all right, understand you've sinned. I'm going to be gracious. I might give you an extra raise. I might bring you a little thing in, but you're going to have to do what? Work hard. You're going to have to plan. You're going to have to ask me, and I'll help you. God will help you get out of debt. But you have to operate by his principles, not by some hocus-pocus kind of deal. People love that. God is gracious. He can do supernatural things. And once in a while, he'll do something like that. But normally, what God wants to say to us is this. Handle the money wisely. Admit you made the mistake. Get back to my principles. And you will find me blessing you. That's what you need to do. And number five, get control of the more monster. The more monster affects all of us. You can't get hold of the more monster this morning and then not think about it again. This is our society. It will come to us. We are built with this inward understanding that more kind of just brings stuff to us. And as we do that, we kind of think, well, as I do more of this, good things, no, they're not going to happen to me. I'm going to struggle with it. So this more monster has to be attacked. Well, here's two more ways how to handle this more monster. This is the fourth and fifth principle. Here's number four. Be content, live in moderation, and enjoy life. Now you have to write all three or you'll miss it. Be content, live in moderation, and enjoy life. Let's take a look. Listen to John Ortberg. Very smart people stay up at night trying to figure out ways to convince us that we are discontent and that we would experience true satisfaction if we just had more. It's the more monster. Jesus knew the more monster wouldn't satisfy. King Solomon tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, King Solomon was able to have everything he wanted. He named it, he had it. We'll never even get close. But at the end of Ecclesiastes, he says this, it's all empty. It doesn't satisfy. It just isn't built up to what it is. See, life is not about things. And certainly not about the abundance of things. So this more monster has a way to try to get into our lives. Now, one of Satan's greatest lies to us is this. I just shared it with you. More money, more stuff brings more happiness. That is not true. That's a great lie of Satan. Now, from that same article I had from you last week from Palm Beach when I was down there, listen to this guy's article. I love it. And there's only one guy here that will really get this, but and he knows who he is. But when I go through this, because he sells these, I want you to listen to this guy. This is this guy's statement. You look and say, well, if I had this and I had this, man, my life would be easy. I just need more and I'd be satisfied. No, more means you want a little more. It always needs a little more. Listen to this. My Rolls Royce Phantom 5. Already, most of us are, forget it. What is a Phantom 5? Is so long that it barely fits into the parking spaces along Worth Avenue. I'm constantly worried that another car will back into my hood ornament. <laughs> I would valet park, but I'm paranoid about those boys taking my car for a ride. 
Is there a way to park without fear? <laughs> Now, wouldn't you think if you had a Rolls Royce, the last thing you'd be worrying about is your hood ornament? This guy is going to end up. You know what he's going to end up doing? He's going to buy a moped, <laughs> and the Rolls Royce is going to sit at home. Now we laugh at this. This is a true story. You say, "Well, I wouldn't be like that." Say yes, yes, we would. You see, we're duped by Satan's lies that when we do this kind of stuff, when we have more, that it's just going to mean more satisfaction. Look at the scripture I have in the overhead. First Timothy six ten says this: "For the love of money, not money, nothing wrong with having a Rolls Royce if you can afford it. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money." Notice, here's the spiritual application: have wandered from the faith, and notice they pierced who themselves with many griefs. Look at Proverbs twenty-three, verse four: the more monster brings more problems. One of the problems it brings is pride and false sense of security. You see, the more we have. Of stuff, the more we think we can live independent from God, that's false. Proverbs twenty-three four says this: Do not wear yourself out to get rich. What does that mean? Here's here's how the more monster works in your life. I'm very familiar with the more monster because you know originally came from Detroit. We would have guys in Detroit, literally in the good days and the old days when when the motor companies were doing well there. They would work seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year. They never took it because on holidays it was triple time, on Sundays it was double time, and they just worked year after year after year accumulating. And they had all this stuff, all these snowmobiles and and boats, and never could use it. But they were in this trap. Let me just ask you a question this morning. You, you can't look at your husband. You can't look at your wife. Can't look at anybody. Just just ask yourself this morning. Are you wearing yourself out to get rich? How many hours are you working? Is it a driving force in your life? Hello. Are you? Are we wearing ourselves out to get rich? Notice what it says: Have the wisdom to show restraint. What does wisdom to show restraint mean? Say no to the more monster. Verse five: Cast but a glance at riches. And they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings, and fly off to the sky like an eagle. If you're in irresponsible debt, every time you write that check, your money just flying off. Twenty percent of it or whatever is going to the credit card company. More monster brings false friends. Let me just read it to you. Write it down. Proverbs nineteen four says this: Wealth brings many friends, but a poor man's friends desert him. Do you know? You say, "Well, the Bible isn't relevant." Listen to this first question from the Palm Beach newspaper. Here's the first question. It says this: How do I know when people love me for me rather than for my money? The Bible isn't relevant. The people in Palm Beach say, "The only reason I have friends." Because I put on great parties, I pick up the tab. That was the whole article. Response was, "Let them pick up their own tab. You'll see how many friends you have." How true. Turn with me to Mark chapter four. Keep your finger there in Proverbs. We'll be back. 
The more monster will eventually affect our spiritual maturity, the way we work with God. From a pastor to associate pastors to elders to staff people to people sitting in the congregation. The more monster can have a great negative impact on us. Look at Mark 4.18. By the way, Jesus said this, very interesting statement. I know I don't, most of us don't have this pasted at home. He just said this, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And yet for most of us, we want more. Now you see in a moment the moderation I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know, living in the weirdos or whatever. That's not our problem. Our problem is really the more. Mark 4.18. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word. These are people that hear the word of God. They want to serve God. They want to do things for God. They want their life to be useful. Well, look what happens in verse 19. But the worries of this life, a hood ornament. But look for us. The deceitfulness, circle the word, of wealth. What does it mean, the deceitfulness? That if I have more, I'll be satisfied. That's why it's deceitful. It doesn't satisfy. The deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things can come into my life and your life. And when it comes, what does it do in my life spiritually? Look at it. What's it do? It does this. It chokes the life of God out of me. I become carnal. Now my focus is on stuff rather than God. You see, we always have to fight this more monster. Just a few weeks ago when I was visiting the hospital, I ran into some friends and from the pharmacy there. And as you know, a number of pharmacists that I used to work with come here. And one's even here this morning. Used to work for him up at Wistoff. Well, I knew this individual. And he said to me, there's all these openings. They're opening all these stores. And they need people. They need like seven pharmacists. And I said to him, you know, why are you telling me? I was a pharmacist, but that's it. And then he went on to share kind of what their wages are since I've left the field. And for the average person, since I left the field, the new starting salary is $40,000 more than when I left the field. That's not the salary, it's more. And I started to think for a moment. <laughs> That's more. And I wasn't the average guy then. I was the director. Was I tempted by the more monster? Not a bit. I'm serious. I'm very serious. I'm tempted by other things, but I wasn't tempted one second. Why? I burned that bridge. When God called me here, that's it. I'm serious. And that's very hard for a guy who knows how to do this. I'm not tempted. Because I know it isn't about money. It's about God. So, the first step to financial freedom is to spend less and stop borrowing now. If you're going to be successful, you can't keep doing what you used to do. It won't work. Remember, the only people benefiting from your debt are the people that you borrow from. Scripture says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Stop being a slave to debt and start living life right as a servant of God. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Have you ever asked God to give you His perspective on money? Whatever your attitude has been or whatever your current financial situation is, God wants to work through you for His eternal purposes. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll learn how to put into practice His plan, His way. The only thing stopping Him is you. If you want true financial freedom, God's way is the only way. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons